1: Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. Today is a Tuesday, which means it is a tactical day. So I am joined by my co-host of Tactical Tuesday, Mr. Jonathan Chai. How are you doing, sir?
2: Doing good. Trying to fade Hurricane Hillary over here on the West Coast. Really? Yeah.
1: Can How big it? is Hurricane Hillary? Like, what's it's like affecting... I don't know. It's like, to,
2: it, I think it's a, technically supposed to be a tropical storm by the time it, it gets here. and not going to be downgraded from an actual hurricane, but we've been getting flood warnings in the desert for the last, last few days.
1: Hmm. Nice. Nice. Good old flood warnings. Raining. Um, well, I, I have a... I have a feeling you you should more than likely fade it. I don't know yes. the exact odds of it of it making it to you, but if it's a tropical storm, it feels pretty unlikely, right?
2: Uh, we we, we got to get this episode episode out though before my power goes out or or any of the bad stuff oh, starts man. happening.
1: We, before we get we get Hillary, right? Hillary 2023. <laughs> All right. So what's the theme of this episode? We if we're, if we're going to go, I guess we we need yeah, a theme. Yeah. It's probably not hurricanes.
2: No, unfortunately not. It's um a it's gonna be a value betting themed episode. Um kind of different from our normal value betting episodes where really we're just trying to figure out like what the best size to bet is or whether we should, you know, bet the turn or check the turn. Um, this is gonna be a situation where I have a really, really strong hand on the river, but lots and lots of money left in both of our stacks and very, very high SPR, I guess is another way to say that. And my question is, what's the best way to get all the money in? Is it should
1: I check and go for a check raise? Should I just bet myself? Um, yeah. I mean, it, okay. So like we'll, we'll, we'll cover this, I'm sure. But like, I, I think the reality is in a lot of these spots that like, you, you just don't get to get all the money in every single time, right? It, okay. it, just like you, we just have to be like, okay, like it just, it, it's very unlikely that we get the money in. And I think the better question is like, how do we get the most money in possible, like a, sure. at the the highest frequency?
2: Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe the way I should have phrased it is: I would like to get all the money in, but re- the real question is what you asked: is, well, is Yeah. <laughs> how can we get the most money?
1: In? <laughs> you have a very strong hand, and you would like to get all the money in. Wow. This is this is a high level episode coming coming your way yeah, today, folks. Yeah. John has aces pre. He would like to get it all in pre flop every single time. Whew.
2: Should I just jam? Yeah. yeah. How, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: all right. So, hand number one. Everybody folds to the small blinds. You've got a king and an eight, both hearts. You open to three big blinds and your opponent three bets to 9.2 big blinds and you call. So blind versus blind action, three-butt pot, out of position, preflop caller. Uh, the flop is king, king, five, rainbow. So you flop trips, which is a good hand. You check, there's 184 in the pot. Villain bets a third, and so here we are. I guess at, at decision point numero uno.
2: Um, never really considered check raising here in game. I don't know if I would have much of a check raise range at all on King King Five Rainbow, um, especially facing a third. I think a lot of my hands, just a lot of my range, is just getting a really good price to peel, and I think that. Just in terms of keeping my strategy simple and, and easy to execute, my my plan here would just be to have a check calling range and not think about check raising very much.
1: Okay, although I mean check check raising is you know a viable option in this spot. Like I think there there is a strat that you could deploy when you check raise trips here, uh, but you know calling with range is reasonable as well. So you mm-hmm. go ahead and you call. This sixty dollar bet. So now the pot is three hundred. Um, flop was king, king, five. Turn is the tray of spades, putting up a backdoor flush draw. You check, and your opponent checks behind. The river, you go from good to great, is an eight of diamonds. So you make the nuts, king, king, eight, five, three is the final board. There is no flush available. Three hundred three in the pot, and SPR is round three. Yeah, so this is just
2: kind of the the quintessential spot that I want to study. It's hey, we, you know, I think a lot of the time what's going to happen is the street is going to get checked through, which is why there's so much money left behind. Um, in a you know we're in a three bet pot right now with three X pot left on the
1: river, which um, kind of goes back to the flop, right? Of like if you did raise the flop, you would have a reduced SPR. And mm-hmm. if you check through the turn, you, you can still like jam, and it's like 1.5 x ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah,
2: I do not I wasn't sure. I mean, on the flop, I wasn't. You know, wasn't sure how frequently I would want to jam the river. Um, but yeah, I mean, this well, is. I, just, I can
1: imagine if you check raise the flop and the turn check through, you probably oh, yeah, want yeah. to jam quite often, right? Sure, that's, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now check raise bet jam. That that's a different horse of a different color.
2: Um, But anyways, here on this river, I'm just sort of asking myself, is there more value to be had from just betting my nuts on the river? Or is there more value to be had from checking and either letting him value bet a worse hand or bluff?
1: Yeah. um, And it's a good question. And I think like the part of me, you know, it's (laughs) my, my personal preference is to bet and not check. Uh, and I think that that preference stems from, one, in um, the way that you called with range, you know, on the flopper, that, that's a strategy that you personally set up there. Like, I find it hard to construct uh, an under-bluffed, or uh, anyway, uh, even having like enough bluff check-raise range. Like I feel like your your check raise range here is gonna be grasping to find enough hands to like effectively bluff with so that villain can can pay off the check raise. So I think in, in this in this way, like when you check, villain's gonna choose the size of the bet that's placed and then you're gonna check raise and then like it's just hard, really hard to get paid, um, when you do check raise the river here with with Your hand in villain's range. Yeah.
2: You're saying it's like hard to get paid by the hands that villain might value bet if I if I
1: check the river. Correct, correct. Like nines, tens, even a hand Mm -hmm. like sixes, sevens can probably Mm -hmm. bet like a third or something on there. Like he you you Mm -hmm. would really like to see a small bet so that, you know, you can um you can raise and villain can like talk themselves and like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I induced or, or something like something along those lines. But if you sure. face like a two thirds pot bet, which is probably one of the more standard sizes. And then you jam, it's just like, mm. like does aces like really call the the jam on the river? Like it, it yeah. they might, but it, it feels like they probably shouldn't, but you know, I guess that can doesn't I, uh, really stop people.
2: Can I counter that? Sure. Point. So, I don't know how specific this is to the 1K pool, and this might be like a very pool-specific meta thing. But um, one thing that I am a strong believer in is that when I do go bet-check-bet as the big blind on this board and get check-raised on the river or check-jammed on on the river after I value bet, let's say, like my nines through queens or pocket sixes through queens or something like that, I am really, really happy to call it off with those hands. Um, A lot of the time, what I think I run into is that I value bet the river in that stop and go line. And then the check raise range is a range that is comprised of bluff catchers that the small blind now realizes they can't call. They can't profitably call the stop and go with. And so they start turning like five, six of hearts into a bluff on the river or pocket fours or, you know, ace three of clubs or something like that starts getting check jammed on the, uh, on the river. Instead of you know becoming like check calls because they either read into the sizing or the or the line or something like that and realize like, hey, like my low pair here isn't good enough to call anymore. Maybe I can jam and get them to fold nines through queens or sixes through queens. Um, and I just want to go back to the first thing you said about like, you know, my my check raise range here just being massively imbalanced towards, you know, hands like this and not having enough bluffs or not having enough low equity hands in it. I think that's absolutely correct. Is that like I wouldn't have very many. You know, five sixes or ace threes or just like random bluffs that I decide to check, check raise on the river. Um, but I don't think that's a problem because of the current meta in the pool.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Right. And, and it, what ultimately you said kind of boils down to is the level at which villains operating on and thinking about. Right. Like they're, while that meta may exist, does villain know about that meta? Does, does that, Like why? Why does the meta exist in the first place? Does the meta exist in the first place because, um, you know, check raising facing those bets turns a profit with like full house blockers or like bottom pair because they're specifically, Mm -hmm. um, you know, targeting, yeah, the because because like the essentially like the the big blind is capped right so like they're attacking what what is perceived to be like a capped range so, you know. Those are the the things that I would ultimately consider. There is like you know why does that meta exist in the first place? Why why does that why why is this back and forth happening? And and is villain operating on a level where they can recognize and understand that that meta to where you can check raise all in and get called by you know nines or tens or or you know whatever hand they they're they're going to be value betting. And I think it's tricky. And there's a lot of kind of unknowables there that you know you're hinging your river decision on. And with that said, like I, I do think that like. You should have hands that check raise the river with that are lower inequity. Um, and you should check some nutted hands too here on the river too, so that you know, you, you do have natural check raises with value. Um, so again, like I I think check raising is a viable path and I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think betting the river also makes a lot of sense and it really depends on who the villain is that you're playing against or, you know, just any sort of in-game information that you have available to you that can kind of guide you one direction or the other, because I think both, both tools here are are pretty similar or close to EV in nature and your tool goes up in value in certain conditions and, um, you know, betting the river like 1.5 X or so goes up in value, uh, under different conditions. So really just have to be able to have high awareness and recognize the conditions in which you're, you're playing or operating in.
2: Right. So just to kind of uh, go just rephrase everything that you just said. So the action that you take here, whether you 1.5 X the river or go for the check raise is going to be dependent on kind um, of player type, what type of reg, what level uh, do you think that this reg in the big blind is operating on? If you think that they're not the type to just bet, call it off with their thin value on the, on the river, then you'd go for the 1.5 X. If for some reason there's something that leads you to believe like, Hey, this, this is the type of player that's like really in tune with the meta and we'll just call off, you know, Pocket sixes after betting them on the river, then you're more likely to go for a river check raise instead of the 1.5x.
1: Um, yeah, and I mean, understanding how to discern the villain that you're playing against, I think is the the tricky part. Like that that's the that's a really difficult thing. And I would say that you know the first thing for for the listener or the watcher on YouTube to kind of dig into is like, well, what is the average? Reg at your stake, what level are they operating on? So, you know, if you recognize that like, oh, 90% of regs are operating on the level in which you you think they are, then check raising is is obviously the default, right? You need like strong reasons to to not check raise and to bet the river. Um, if 10% of regs, on the other hand, are operating on the level in which you think, then betting the river is the default. And you you really need to figure out um, you know, when check check raising all in is going to generate more EV than, than betting. So it really just kind of depends on the average of the people that you're playing against. If you're in an unknown pool, that that's really the only way to kind of navigate um, in the dark or with, with very minimal information. So again, I, I think everything that I just said there is like a very long-winded way of, of giving the old poker coach response of like, It depends. (laughs) I I think that the strat that you deploy really, it really depends on on a myriad of factors.
2: Yeah. And my, my way of deciding which strat to deploy is pretty easy. I'm just always going to go for the check rate. There
1: you go. So you don't have to, you don't have to think about it. Um, thinking is discouraged. The, the John, the John Chai way. Uh, so you check villain bets half pot. Um, and oh, this is
2: such a nice size. Jen, this is like such a good flat size to face. I think it's like I think this size is way more indicative of thin value than any
1: other size for some reason. I don't know why. Just half pot sticks yeah, out to me. And I think too, like this is sort of the there's kind of a this, this this can be problematic from the the big blinds perspective, right? Like when they check behind the turn and they bet half pot on the river, essentially what they're signaling is like they don't have the nuts anymore, right? They they don't have. Um, they don't have a lot of hands that can that really want to put all the money in, um, and when they choose the small size on the river, again they kind of plant the seed of their own demise that they can start inducing from some lower level bluff catchers. Whereas if they bet pot, right, I think it's much more difficult to convince yourself that villain is turning you know five six into into a bluff facing like pot, right? I, I think. You know, so essentially here they have sown the seed of their own demise where they bet half pot and you know if they are thin value betting, as you said, that they create this weird dynamic where you know they're they're probably just gonna call it off more than they're supposed to, which is obviously good for you. And here we go. Villain does call, and they call with eight nine offsuit, so they rivered an eight, which yeah, I think to be fair is not not the worst of it's just not the worst played hand. I, I think they played the hand pretty well. I think their three bet pre is a, a, a little wide, um, and but, but yeah, I I don't really have too many issues with the way villain played it. I don't really have too many issues with the way you played it. Just that you know when villain does opt to go for ten value there, they do take a risk that you're not checking. A lot of king x and that when you check raise you're not going to have a lot of like trips type hands in your range so gives a lot of credence here to you know checking a lot of your three oak actually in this exact situation so anywho well played john good find good first hand we'll have more thin value betting coming at you directly following this break
0: in a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle available now. Go to chasing slash Nuffle. Rated R. All
1: right, welcome back from the sponsored break. Of cpgwolves.com, the coaching for profit that both John and I run. If you'd like more information, hit up cpgwolves.com, join the Slack community, Greatness Village, and we'll go from there. But um, let's talk about these hands number two and three because we got a triple feature coming at you per, per usual lately. We're, we're getting more three hand episodes in. Uh, let's start out with. This this hand here, John, you want to break down the action?
2: Yep. So I'm in the big blind six three of hearts. Under the gun opens to thirty dollars, and the button calls. I'm obviously gonna get in there with the suited six three.
1: And what's happened to you? Where did where did the old the old John go who would have never even considered this hand in like a billion years? I don't think you probably wouldn't call like 10, seven suited, much less six, three suited.
2: Yeah. What Brad is referencing is a, a very, very old coaching session where he saw me fold six, four suited on the button, uh, when he got folded around to me. And yeah, I think we've just still haven't, or I still haven't been able to live it down, even though that was, I don't know, that was like the 200 and days or something like that. So it's
1: been a while, but two years ago, but some, some mistakes are, are just unforgivable and that's <laughs> that's one of them. Like, oh this 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 guy's folding six four suited on the button now. Wow. Uh, okay. There's a chart somewhere <laughs> <else>. <laughs> All right. So you call with six tray of hearts, closing the action, multi-way, out of position, all the factors that y- you would like to have. Um any information on either of these villains here? The 30 open from lowjack yeah. seems pretty abnormal.
2: Yep. I think that's that's pretty much all I was able to read into, but it's a, it's a big deal. Um, the 3X open from under the gun, very, very rare. Uh, I think so rare that it's likely indicative of a weaker reg, maybe just a straight up fish. Um, also, the button flatting the 3X open, probably indicative of something similar. Um, although, I think the button flat is a little bit more forgivable, I guess, than the than the 3X open from under the gun. So, can't read as much into the button flat as we, as we can into the under the gun 3x
1: oh well we get a pretty good flop that yeah. that oh if you're a podcast listener means john just made the nuts um flop is six six three with two diamonds one spade so I, I can see why you brought this hand of wanting to get more money into the pot considering this this flop uh you start off with a check and under the gun checks and the button checks. I guess that's a, kind of the first first part of this equation is like you could have led the flop here multi-way. Sure, sure. And probably like tend, tends to be one of my preferences, but checking and letting it check through is, is another option. Um, so flop checks through. <laughs> I just want to make it
2: as hard as possible. You know, talking <laughs> would be too easy.
1: Yeah, just let's, let's raise the difficulty level of, of this here. Uh, flop checks through. Turn is the deuce of diamonds, so completes four or five suited and completes a flush. Um, you know, depending on how wary John is, I guess it would also complete a straight flush. Never know about John these days. Um, there's ninety five dollars in the pot. Does, does do you decide to bet the turn here on the flush completer? I guess we'll start at this decision point. What, what's the? Could I? I don't know. Do Do you plan on betting at any point?
0: I'm
2: in just, the hand? okay. So. I think the four or five and the flush completing, which are the two kind of big things that come into play on the deuce of diamonds turn, aren't that big of a deal. I would expect all, all the 4-5s and most of the diamond draws on the flop to just see bet, or if it was you know the player on the button that had either of those two hands to to stab. Um, so I don't know how how many flushes or you know straights I expect to see. I think it's actually like very 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 low. Um, yeah i mean i i'm, I'm going to bet this turn i don't even know if that's like if that's the best way to go about it should i be thinking about check raising here again or just 1.5xing the turn or something like that um if i do do that i think the range that i am targeting is going to be like you know one diamond type hands over pairs that check back the flop uh over pairs that don't see bet the flop i don't think that's crazy from uh their uh the under the gun players perspective if they, you know, have a strategy that's doing a lot of checking especially multi Um so yeah, I mean that's that's sort of my confusion here on the turn is it better to check and check raises versus that range is it better to lead and try to get called by that range and maybe some like one, one diamond hands. Um
1: it's hard to know really. I think this yeah. is the, this this is incredibly tricky here. Um I I have like multiple uh, conflicting Feelings uh, about about the spot is like okay, so like, what are you check raising with that? You know, what type of strategy are you you deploying with a check raise when you face a bet that includes hands that didn't like that? That includes low equity hands that just didn't bet themselves in the first Mm. place on the turn, right? That that that's probably my primary one is like, so if you check raise, like, how are you constructing that check raise range in a way that, um has less equity in it than the than what you have mm. when hands like I don't know King Queen with the Queen of Diamonds for instance that may maybe like a check raise candidate here if, if you're you're feeling a little frisky. Like mm. that hand just bets the turn itself, most likely, right? Mm. Like on, on the three flush. So that's sort of the major problem with check raising. Um and I find it hard to find enough like low equity type hands to check raise with here or maybe like your whole strategy should be to check raise so that you you do have those type of hands but from villain's perspective i think that's where it gets kind of interesting to me because it doesn't really matter like what your strategy is i think what ultimately matters is how villain's perceive your strategy so i don't know check check raising feels a bit much i think that the natural way for villain's to feel as if like their overpairs have a fair amount of equity is just to go ahead and bet yourself. And so like betting to me feels like the more viable path um here on the turn. And then expecting that like oh Philin has like deuces full, they're probably just going to raise um at some point on their own. So you still get to stack them, it doesn't really matter what you do. But really you're targeting their like overpairs because I mean it's not like totally out of the realm of possibility if kings say black kings check the flop that they just check the turn too and don't place a turn bet. Like it's totally even if they have like red Kings that, that have a flush draw now, just check the turn as well. So yeah, it feels hard to get three bets in from those kind of hands. And if you check it, it honestly starts to feel kind of hard getting two bets in versus those gotcha. kind of hands. Okay. So
2: settled on leading Ready? here. What yep. do you think about size? That was going to be my next question. I don't go with over bet size, which is what I maybe would have expected to see for myself or (laughs) or whatever but like yeah i I go with a smaller size here which i think i mean if i had to like kind of go back and try to reconstruct like my my logic for going small here this is a spot where i think uh my default size would be just very very big so i'm guessing that this is actually like a like a conscious um like sizing deviation that i've made i'm guessing what this size does is or what i'm hoping to do with the size is um just get called by way more one diamond hands that are you know trying sure. dead. I just don't want, you know, ace queen with the queen of diamonds to to fold the turn. Cause I 1.5 x it or something like that. Just put, put those hands into a slightly tougher spot. I think the over pairs are, are the region that I sort of miss out on value from by going this side instead of like the 1.5 X, I think the over pairs would, especially with a diamond are all uh very likely to just call the 1.5 X, but they're also going to call this size. So really the only extra value that I'm really hoping to target are the, the one diamond hands.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, again, like I, I think you could bet, you could use a spectrum of sizes here on the turn and it just depends on the goal that you're trying to accomplish and 70 is fine i think 150 is fine you know either one i think are are reasonable i don't really have a i don't really have a huge preference to to either one because i think some there are some like good things that happen with 72 where like you know villains can like raise they can find like raises more frequently facing the 70 than the 150 and like a raise is like really, really, really good for you. Like really good for you. So villains finding an extra like four to five percent raises, I think works ultimately in your favor. So yeah, again, I think it's it's close, either sizing selection. So not really, I don't have a strong preference here on the turn. Um, you know, you for the podcast listener, the just to recap everything, the board is six six three deuce with the deuce tray six of diamonds, ninety-five in the pot. And you know, John's three ways. Um, and the under the gun player actually does have 160 big blinds left, so th- there is quite a bit of depth here. And the low jack or the under the gun player decides to call, so there's 231 in the pot, uh, they have 1553 remaining, and John has them covered. River is the eight of hearts, so. Um, doesn't really change much unless villain has bucket eights, in which case John is pretty much dusted. Um, so again, we have river decision point here of betting, checking.
2: Yeah. Have a hand that would like to play for all the money, as many bets as possible. Um, we have lots of bets left behind. We're 150 big blinds effective with only 23 in the middle. Um, and same question as the king eight hand, should I check the spot and hope to pick off some bluffs and some thinner value or, or some value, or should I just bet here and target the bluff catchers? And um, yeah,
1: maybe like, I guess like really the overpair region. Um. I mean, it doesn't like checking doesn't make a lot of sense here. Once you like bet multi-way on the turn and polarize, like I think that, you know, betting makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, rather than checking. And again, I, I think I would just continue polarizing and go big. Um, You know, I, I, we talked a little bit about, you know, the profile of villain, whether they're like a, you know, a white belt or uh, like a weak reg type type opponent. And Mm. I don't know that that's really coming to play a ton here, but yeah, I just, I would just continue polarizing and kind of thinking that like villain will, do a lot of like checking back with, with a lot of bluff catchers and forego like some, some of their thinner value bets or like, I don't even know what a thinner value bet would be here. Like tens or jacks, maybe they can't resist betting tens and jacks and yeah. just like get, get check raised. So now, now I'm waffling a little bit.
2: That's what I was hoping for was that like the hands that I'm targeting, uh, the hands that I would hope to call if I bet big on the river are, Mostly just going to be the overpairs. that so check the flop, like you said, the jacks and tens. Uh, you could definitely even have you know aces, kings, and queens. That wouldn't be shocking. Um, the and, biggest danger, right, the,
1: is like if they if they are thinking tactically with a hand like jacks, right? When you polarize a turn, you're going to have very strong hands and not very strong hands, and so betting the river with like tens or jacks versus a polarized range, I think, is a pretty critical error by by the in position player reopening the action in the same way that like the you know the previous hand where they reopened the action when they were capped and just basically like dared you to to jam. Um I think it's yeah I don't so, think it's great, but
2: yeah I don't think it's great either, but I don't think people are going to be able to resist like and just check back, you know, tens plus here on the river. I, I'm really, really counting on that. I actually feel pretty pretty good about that. Um and the other thing that I'm hoping is that I didn't polarize enough on the turn to, yeah. to get those hands to like really think about like you know have the thought process that you just had where it's like well, they polarized on the turn and they checked the river do I really want to like reopen the action with Jack? i felt like betting 70 on the turn kind of might, might let me like slide under the radar a little bit or maybe might may, 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 may make them think like oh hey maybe you know the big blind was just betting pocket fours or pocket fives or you know king 3 on the turn for for protection or, or you know whatever so um yeah. I, I was hoping like the 70 the 75% on the turn would kind of you know give me a little bit of credit in that sense um so Basically what I was thinking was like the over pairs just bet the river and I'm going to be able to check raise. I don't know if they call, um, the check raise, but I'm at least, I think going to be able to trap a bet. The other part of the range that I'm really excited about checking versus is just their like one diamond hands again, that we mentioned on the turn, um, that I was targeting with the 75. I don't know how many of them are going to bet the river. I would think like maybe a hand like ace queen with the queen of diamonds checks back the river, you know, pretty high frequency, but I would guess like a hand like, Jack with the queen of diamonds will bet the river very high frequency. So I mean, maybe it's, it's hard, right? Like they they open
1: from, they open from low Jack. So how, how many like offsuit, offsuit, non ace high busted diamonds. Do they have uh, Like King queen King Jack yeah. maybe? Yeah. And that's really it. I think is for the, for the offsuit, offsuit ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess you do get the benefit too of like, if they were in checking range and they have like a flush or they turned sure. a boat or something like that, like, I, I guess if they turned a boat, doesn't matter what you bet, they're probably going to raise. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you bet like 1.5x here, I don't think a flush raises on the river. I think a flush just calls or they probably right. should should just call. Um, so you do get the added uh, opportunity of potentially sacking a flush. that just didn't see bet the flop, um, mm-hmm. which... Which is, you know, again, quite a nice bonus. So, again, like it, it the, the water's pretty muddied here, is for, in my opinion, as whether you should bet or check. Um, my, I guess, I guess it's pretty cool to just kind of bank on Villain to not take your, your polarized bet um, super seriously and not be able to kind of lay off the greed and go mm-hmm. for some thin value here when they bet and just kind of bank on that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you're, you're taking taking a quite a sizable risk here. Like, there, just to, to be full transparency, there there is a giant risk here when you you check the river that they check back with tens or jacks, which I think is kind of an unmitigated disaster because you you didn't get to place you, your extra bet. So you take the risk. Villain bets pot on the river, which is probably a good sign. I don't. Yeah. I mean, please, please let it be a flush. Yeah, don't let it be two eights um rather be a flush you opt to rip and they fold so you did trap a bet um and villain had the ace 10 off ah i guess that's ah, that that's an ace high with the offsuit ace high so
2: one of the really bad ones though so
1: it's not yeah i don't know how much it matters but (laughs) yeah i mean yeah uh, again like that, that that's a hand that like could probably just check behind and it doesn't need to bet pot there on the river but they did so doesn't matter now um well done that's pretty nice trapping a, a pot sized bet and so now we we're gonna move on to the final hand of the day and go through it probably fairly quickly um so let's start here uh john's playing six handed five ten no limit one knl uh, the button opens to 25, and John three bets to 110 with Ace of Diamonds, Queen of Clubs, from the small blind. Big blind folds. Button calls. Flop is Queen, Six, Six, uh, with the Queen Six of Spades. So flush draw available. There's 230 in the pot, and yeah, we we have you know decision point number one here. You, you could bet, you could check, you could use a spectrum of sizes. So what what were you thinking?
2: um so i okay so this is end of july so my three best bet i can tell you exactly what i was thinking here is to bet half pot on the flop with stronger value like this for sure top pair top kicker check the turn and then jam the river uh we've done a couple of tactical tuesday's episode where i took that exact line and uh, i think a couple of the hands i was like actually shocked by how light i was getting called down um so that was almost certainly my value strategy or, or my uh my just kind of my strategy with this hand in the spot is half pot the flop and check the turn.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting interesting that you, you know, you look at the date and address like kind of the the fluidity of strat deployment and strat changes where you know I and I and I think this is sort of inherent to to poker and poker strategy in general is that the dynamics, the meta, the strategies of the game and the pool that you're playing in are going to change and you know you have to be adaptable to changing environments as a poker player it's just essential it's an essential trait of playing poker at a very high level is having fluid strategies that change over time so yeah um half pot here there you go half pot uh 230 in the pot and villain calls the turn is an ace of hearts, which is a really good card for you, to be To be honest. Like for just from villain's perspective, this ace is... Um, when you start out with half pot, you're generally not choosing to bucket hands um, that are ace high into that bucket. So the ace on the turn, you know, demotes like king-queen, possibly queen-jack, pocket kings from your range. You're probably not doing it with ace-king, so you don't have that. So yeah, I, I think the... The player on the button who calls likely has more Acex than you. So anyway, just long-winded way of me saying that like I think this is a great card, not for your range, but for you as a human being and, and getting paid downstream. I think it's a really good card. Um and I imagine that you're just going to check because that's the most natural, clean option. Uh you check, and villain checks behind, which again is totally reasonable. And the river is the jack of clubs so final board is ace queen jack six six no flush available and you have top two pair um yeah so i guess we'll we'll start here on the river uh, villain has 777 behind you've got four there's 456 in the pot and you've got them covered
2: i started this handout by saying that i'm Surprised by how light I get called in this spot, which probably means that I should lean towards just jamming here. Um, I don't know if this particular run out is changes
1: your mind at all. It doesn't seem super conducive to getting paid super yeah, light. Like right. triple triple Broadway run out, like any of the hands that you kind of could have started with on the flop that were like low equity kind of picked up some equity. Um, yeah. you know, like the, the Jack in particular, if you have like King 10, that's a straight Jack 10, that's a pair King Jack, that's a pair. So those hands typically check the river and don't jam the river, which makes it tricky. Uh, I think getting paid at a high frequency by villains, bluff catchers. Um, with that said, man, I don't know. I, I think it's like I think I would probably just check here and hope that villain can jam with a hand like sevens or eights and kind of turn a pair into a bluff. I I just suspect that on this specific runout villain starts chucking a bunch of its bunch of their available bluff catchers and they can value bet an ace too, right? Like they can they can value bet an ace versus uh you know the double check especially after 50%ing the flop and then you you can, you know, kind of go from there whether or not you, you want to check race or not. But um yeah, my intuitively I lean towards just checking the river and letting villain letting villain place a bet somehow.
2: Yeah. I do end up checking the river. My thought process was something along the lines of like the bluff catchers that also like I don't think there's like this huge bluff catching region for me to target here. And I think a lot of the hands that do bluff catch just value are Going to be really tempted to bet the river themselves, mostly the X that you mentioned. Um, again, I think this is a spot where I don't think most players are going to have the. I don't even know if discipline is the right word, but I, I don't think they're going to have the enough discipline to like check back Ace, you know, Ace Five of Spades on the river
1: or something like that. I don't that. think you they should think check, check back Ace play. Five. Yeah, spades. yeah. I, 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 I think, think like just check, is... checking in, in this situation, I think discipline's not the right word. I just think sure. like strategically, they just should value bet Ace Five because you, you just should. It, it's just you're pushing equity versus. The double check basically, and the paired with the fifty percent size c bet, where you know you're going to have just a bunch of like single paired hands, that they can get value against. And really, their own, their primary threat is Ace King, which you probably don't start out betting fifty percent on the flop with Ace King, so you you can remove that threat pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. So, the hands that I think that will call a, a big value bet on the river, I think likely just value bet themselves. And so the extra, like, bonus region that I'm trying to capture value from by checking the spot is just their, like, total air And maybe, yeah, or bust, like, sometimes fades. they're sevens. Yeah, or maybe they're, like, sevens and eights, like you said, that just, like, you know, try to get us to full sure. King-Queen or Queen-Jack or pocket kings or something like that right,
1: on right, the river.
2: Right. Um, so, yeah, that's, again, that's that's sort of what I was hoping for on the river. But, yeah, I do agree with you that this does feel like a, just a natural spot to check.
1: Right. With that said, villain bets three-fourths. So... 456 in the pot they bet 298 um is jamming automatic ah oh, man another really tricky node as to whether or not you should jam i think that yeah i think it's probably automatic uh just kind of looking at it and eye- eyeballing it like it feels like if villain yeah it just feels like villain maybe may have like an all-in size and a three-fourths pot size and the all-in size is gonna contain probably a fair amount of their like jacks full and probably a fair amount of their like trips, or sometimes like some kind of straight like backdoor straight type type combo king ten like king ten of clubs or something like that so with that said like uh, i i think you probably do have to jam or you should jam um, but I'm basing that analysis on like the fact that I, I I think villain is probably has two different sizes here. I don't know that villain has two different sizes here, and that's sort of you know kind of a the it's there's room for interpretation here. Like we're we're kind of making an assumption, or I'm kind of making an assumption by giving that analysis. Um, but I do think your hand, I, I think you can probably jam. I I think it's safe enough. To, to just rip
2: well there's only one way to find out my villain has two sizes
1: yep that is by ripping yourself um so villain bet 300 john jan for 782 and villain folded so that's pretty nice probably, and
2: has, probably has two sizes
1: let's just hope they have the four or five of the spades so the busted flush draw yeah so Probably we we have no idea we, we we can't learn we can't really learn anything from them having five high because you know they we, we don't know, but hopefully they do um, hopefully and either way, it's good for your red line just ripping it in there so there you go um I that's gonna do it for for today's episode. These are good hands and yeah, it's good to see I don't think we had any incidents today, did we no incidents?
2: yeah actually everything everything worked out The the bluffs bluffed when we checked to them and the value accidentally owned itself the nine eight, the first hand so
1: ah I, I think you're finally catching on that all you have to do is bring in hands where things work out well and you, you don't have incidents here on tactical tuesday that's <laughs> you just now learned that you, you can you can gain the system well done john well done
2: those hands are hard to find <laughs> uh,
1: all right well thank you for listening And I don't have anything else for you this week.
2: See you next week.
0: Peace. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.